Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope your day is sunny and bright like mine is today. Spring is two days away. I am so pumped. I'm so ready for this this change. So before I officially get into this episode, I just want to say if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. I hope you're you're going to have a, a good time here listening as we go through Ricky's adventures from a preteen to a teenager and then almost to an adult. We see him at age 12 and then by the end of the series, season 5, he is just about done with high school. He's 17, 17, 18. Now, if you want to follow along with the podcast since you're new or if you've been following along for a good while, good, keep that up. You can go to Facebook. Uh, the podcast has its own Facebook page. It's called Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. And Instagram at Silver Spoons Podcast. If you've been following along since the beginning, you know I've covered the Punky Brewster podcast called Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. All four seasons are up. They're available on iTunes, they're available on Podbean, and of course on SoundCloud. If you would like to reach out to me, send me an email regarding whether it's Punky Brewster or Silver Spoons. There are two different emails for that. PunkyPowerPBPodcast at gmail.com and SilverSpoonsPodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to leave a rating or review for the podcast, you can just go over to iTunes, search Punky Power, or even just type in Punky Brewster and it should show it should show up. And you can leave a review for either of the podcasts. It doesn't matter. So I've been kind of ruminating a little bit since we're just early on in season two. I'm thinking what I may possibly do. I'll see if it works after this episode. Um, I might do every two weeks. You'll get two episodes every two weeks instead of weekly. I might go back to notes, note-taking, we'll, and just do two episodes in one like I used to do. That way the episodes aren't hugely long. It just really, really depends. I might give, you know, go back to taking notes and realizing I hate it. I don't want to do it anymore. And that's kind of what I did you know, I, it got to be too much the note-taking. So, because um, I want to kind of move along with Season 2 and eventually get into Season 3. Um, later this season, in Season 2, we do lose Derek. He moves with his mom to St. Louis. So, and then in Season 3, we get Alfonso, who you all will probably know, who played Carlton on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Alright, so let's talk about Season 2, Episode 6, entitled Driver Ed. 
When Edward and Kate go out of town, Grandfather Stratton agrees to teach Ricky how to drive, but the lesson takes a wrong turn. Well, no, duh. He's 12. He does not need to be driving a car. Unless Grandfather Stratton... This guy's got a driver. When has he ever had to drive a vehicle? Does he even know how to drive? Not to mention he's... I'm not saying all elderly people shouldn't be driving because if you got your wits about you, you know what you're doing. Keep driving. Because I can't imagine, I mean, having to surrender that freedom when you realize that you just... You, you can't do it anymore. And that's... That's gonna be heartbreaking. Almost as heartbreaking as realizing when you get to the age that you can't live by yourself anymore and you have to move to like an assisted living center or something like that. It's just, your independence is immediately stripped away. But we're not, <laughs> it doesn't go that way. Um, Grandfather Stratton is not at that point yet, so... Which I don't think he ever gets to that point in the show. <laughs> um, sadly, the um, actor who plays Grandfather Stratton passed away shortly after the final season wrapped up. Like, when the show wrapped up shortly after he passed on. But then again, he is, like, in his 80s when the show is going on. So, but, alright, I'm ready to jump into this episode. So, Edward and Kate come down the stairs. They're dressed very, very nicely. And they, looks like they're going to a convention or, um, to try out the walking banana, which, is that like a shoe? Okay, so the, the <laughs> this walking banana thing, Edward says that there's a jingle tied to it. Um, something about... Walking Banana is really cute and something to do with jogging, which I'm going to play the clip because, of course, Joel Higgins is a singer. Whether he had a singing career, he maybe did some uh, commercial commercials. Um, so he gets to show off his beautiful voice and I'll play the clip momentarily. So definitely it has something to do with walking, jogging, stuff like that. Um, I remember in the one episode... With a girl, Barbara, that Ricky didn't care for, but she had kind of set her sights on him. She was going to be Edward's toy consultant. One of the things that Edward wanted to show her was uh, this plastic yellow hard hat that had, like, um, little uh, horns on the side that almost like you'd find on a bicycle, a bicycle horn. And then little buttons that would play different uh, noises and stuff. Like, oh, you're jogging and you want someone to get out of your way. And then you just toot the little horn and stuff. like. And it seems like there's something else in another later season that he designed that was kind of cool looking. For like, if you're jogging and it starts raining. They're like little, like, glass goggle things that have little uh, wiper blades on the front. Which look, I mean, might look ridiculous, but that would be kind of cool. So I'm going to play this clip. Kate's toy convention is going to be a milestone for Eddie Toys. Thank you, Jenkins. I'll bet you we'll be flooded with offers for our new walking banana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I predict six months from now the entire country will say, it's stupid, but I want one. <laughs> Have you heard our new jingle? Hmm. 
Okay, so it's a toy convention that they're going to to uh, show off and get people interested in this uh, banana jogging fruit thing. So, is this something that a person wears and they walk in? Like, um, those things that are designed with the helmet and looks kind of weird looking. Like you got this whole suit thing that you put on. that you Like a jogging suit thing. I, I'm not sure. I... I kind of wonder if, uh, hey, is that what Phil, Phil is in the background? He's wearing something yellow. I'm kind of wondering, is that what they're selling? Because otherwise, I don't know. It, it could be. Sometimes they dress Phil in something that is um, relevant to the episode. So you heard in the clip... Joel Higgins singing the commercial jingle or radio jingle to the banana something jogging suit. They didn't say it was a suit, so I don't know exactly. I'm going I'm to go with what Phil's wearing is the product that they're trying to sell. Um, right then, Mr. Killjoy Buzzkill Grandfather Stratton walks in as... Edward is performing his little jingle here, and he's like, hey, it's got a, no, he's like, it's got a beat, and it's easy to dance to. That's what Dick Clark would say on American Bandstand. Um, but then, of course, Killjoy, Grandfather Stratton, is like, well, I'd give it a zero. Like, (laughs) way to suck all the fun out of the room, Grandfather Stratton. (sighs) Ugh. So I take it they uh, brought him over to babysit Ricky because what 13-year-old can be left alone and not get into trouble? Trail, now listen. you have any problems at all with Ricky, I left the number of the hotel we're going to be staying at on the refrigerator under the cookie maker. I manage 55 corporations. I can handle one adolescent. (laughs) Hi, Grandfather. Richard, aren't you going to introduce us? Oh, yeah. This is Derek. (laughs) It is a rare honor to meet you, sir. You are a most august personage. I am humbled. Let go my hand. Edward, we better get going. Yeah, we gotta run. Uh, Son, we'll call you as soon as we get to Chicago, okay? I love you. I love you. Goodbye, Father. Bye, Rick. Summers, I do not bite. (laughs) Of course not. Miss Summers? Chicago may be the Windy City, but when you arrive, it will be breathless. So, Edward's 
like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna split. Um, if you have any issues with Ricky, just remember the number to our hotel is gonna be on the fridge under the cookie magnet. And Edward's father's like, I managed fifty five corporations. I can handle one adolescent. Okay. So, Edward kind of shouts for Ricky. Hey, Rick, we're heading out. Ricky comes in with Derek. And Derek, of course, is like, hey, Rick, are you going to introduce me to your grandfather? And Ricky's like, yeah, uh, Grandpa, this is Derek. And Derek takes... Derek takes Grandfather Stratton's hand. He puts... Both of his hands, one gripping his palm, the other gripping his wrist. And Derek, with his charm, is like, Sir, it is an honor to meet you. And you are a great man among men. And he's just trying to schmooze grandfathers. Derek, you don't know who you're dealing with here. He has seen many men better than you come along and shake his hand and give him a big line of crap and trying to schmooze him. He looks at Derek like a bug that needs to be squashed and like, I'm not believing any of this, you funny baloney child. Let go of my hand. And Derek like immediately backs away, puts his hands like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't hurt me. So, Ricky hugs his dad, says, love ya, I love you too. They do the little, Kate and Ricky, they got their thing, the little shimmy, shimmy, shot side to side, got the hands, I'm like, ah, but they don't do it for real, it's like, and then they hug. Derek, of course, goes up to Kate, takes her hand, kisses it, that is not consenting, Derek, she did not consent, consent to that hand kiss. Um, and he says, Miss Summers, when you get to the Windy City, when you arrive, it will be breathless. Kisses her hand. She, her hand is just kind of extends there in the air. And then she turns around like, this is uncomfortable. But the look that Edward gives Derek, his eyes are really focused and narrowed at Derek. Like, I see what you're about, son. You think you can pull one over on me with your charm? Don't touch my girlfriend, okay? Just don't do that. Because he's just looking at him like, what is wrong with you, kid? <laughs> Edward, are you finally wise to Derek's, his fake charm? Because, yeah. He's all, every dang time that he's in a room that Kate comes into, Derek immediately goes for the chivalry charm. And it's just, it's, it's creepy to behold and witness. It really, really is. Not to mention, who would want to be on the receiving end of Derek's fake affections? I also notice in the scene, there is a lot of blue. Kate's wearing a blue coat. Edward's wearing a blue button-down shirt underneath his blazer. Derek is wearing a green, forest green and royal blue checked shirt. A lot of blue in this episode. I also notice a lot of the times there's a lot of red, which I love red, so bonus for me. 
So Derek, uh, Ed and Kate are out the door. They're gone. They're on their trip. They're going to uh, Chicago. So of course they gotta catch a flight. Derek puts an arm on Ricky's back. Does the same to Grandfather Strand. Like, alright guys, now that they're gone, what are we gonna do first? My guess is that both Grandfather Stratton and Ricky both say at the same time, Go home, Derek. Let's listen and find out. So, guys, what are we going to do first, huh? We? Don't you have to check in with your parole officer or something? <laughs> bon mot, Richard. Fortunately, my calendar is free this afternoon. Hence, I have the opportunity to stay and soak up this man's greatness. <laughs> Young man, others may be fooled by your obsequious comments yes. and angelic appearance. To me, you are as transparent as <laughs> saran wrap. I am? Blow. looks at Derek and he's like, we? Derek, don't you have to call your parole officer or something? But Derek's like, no, no, you know, my, my day is absolutely open and free. And you know what? I'm gonna bask in the greatness of your grandfather here. And praise, applaud, Grandfather Stratton, boom! He calls Derek out on his garbage. He says, you may look angelic and maybe try to act like it, but you are as see-through as saran wrap. He basically tells Derek to go blow. Just blow out of here. Just be gone. Hit the bricks, boy. It's like, you are phony. I'm surprised he's like, I don't want you around my grandson, for one thing. And another thing, I, I just don't like you, Derek. Please leave. <laughs> yeah, that is the way to do it. So Derek leaves, which just as well. <laughs> I mean, Derek can be funny and stuff sometimes, but that's a bit of a stretch, even on Derek's part. I gotta say, he is like head and shoulders above Margot Kramer as far as how she would put Punky down and stuff like that. Derek's just a creeper. So Ricky shakes Grandfather's hand and says, well done. Well, as they walk into the living room, what do you want to do now, Grandfather? And Ricky, and I'm guessing this has got to be the actor. When he says the word idea, he doesn't say idea. He says idea. And I'm not putting down Ricky Schroeder. I'm, I'm just not. It's just interesting how he pronounces his words. So, yes, they do live in Shallow Springs because Ricky brings up the Shallow Springs Grand Prix. He wants to drive a bunch of race cars. He could probably figure since, hey, grandfather, you're made of money. You have money. Let's go do this. I think it'll be hot. As Ricky refers to it as hot. But grandfather just sneers at Ricky and says, it's mildly tepid. So grandfather Stratton tells Ricky that he actually is the land speed champion of the country. Way to impress. Of course, back in his day, he was the land speed champion of the country. 
Not now. So Grandfather Stratton sits on the couch, as he says, at one time, as a matter of fact, I was the fastest human. And that gets such a laugh out of the audience as you see this grizzled old man plop himself down on the couch. Like, you fast? Really? Well, I definitely need to see that. Like, I I can admit, so something's going to happen that Ricky convinces his grandfather to get behind the wheel. Or his grandfather lets Ricky drive because he's probably going to say something like, Oh, back in my day, when I was younger than you, I learned to drive a car. Alright, so I'm playing this clip because when Grandfather Stratton sits down on the couch after he says, I was one of the fastest race car drivers in the world, the audience, like, busts a gut laughing their heads off. <laughs> so, what do you want to do now? Yeah, I've got an idea. Why don't we go to Shallow Springs Grand Prix and drive them into race cars? Now that's hot. It's mildly tepid. <laughs> I'm just sitting behind the wheel of a real full-size racing car. You've driven a real race car? Indeed I have. I was land speed champion of the country. In fact... Actually, for a time there, I was the world's fastest human. <laughs> lightning bolt strap. <laughs> what is it, Richard? What is the matter? young Richard that he was once referred to known as Lightning Bolt Stratton and Ricky's facing it always seems like whenever Ricky's going to like um, open up or like he's trying to get one over on someone he'll stand up and face away from that person and then he'll let out this Sad Siley. As he sits on the couch and, you know, Grandfather Stratton is like, what's, what's wrong, Richard? And Ricky, he's got this in his mind. I kind of wonder if he just thought of this whole plan before his grandfather came over. As in, we're going away. My dad's going to watch you. And he even, Edward even, like, let 
him grandfather Trent know. It's like, if you run into any issues, any trouble with Ricky, my phone number to the hotel room where we're staying is on the fridge. And I was kind of thinking last night while I was working, um, Kate and Edward, do they have separate hotel rooms? Do they have maybe one hotel room and two beds? Because they're not married. It's not like she's been staying over at his place or anything like that. This is just a business convention they're going to. But anyway, um, Ricky's trying to play one over on his grandfather, and by golly, he gets them. At first, grandfather is hesitant because Ricky's like, wow, I really would like to learn how to drive. And I, I figured right away, like, Grandfather Stratton is like, you are underage. And it is illegal. And Ricky brings up the fact that it's not illegal to drive on your own property. I get, when I was Ricky's age, I was counting down the years till I could start driver's training when I was 15. Like, the week. Like, I got out of high, my freshman year of high school for the year. By the following Monday, my butt was back at school for driver's training. And we actually got to drive actual cars around, you know, the parking lot area was set up with cones. And it was so cool. And then, of course, you take your segment two in November the whole time. Um, you're having to log hours for... You know, I think it was like 40 hours daytime, 10 hours of nighttime. And of course, I remember <laughs> um, fudging some of my nighttime hours. And my dad came into the living room as I was writing this stuff down and just kind of looked at the paper and looked at me. He's like, you know, you didn't do that nighttime driving. You're going to get in trouble. And I looked at him like, Dad, everybody does it. Everybody does it. Granted, um, I think later on, maybe season, so he's gonna, Ricky's gonna be 13, he's turning 13 in season two, so he's probably gonna be 14 in season three, 15 in season four, and then maybe 16, 17 in, you know, the final season. Um, so I think at some point we are probably going to get to Ricky getting his driver's license or Ricky doing uh, driver's ed or something to that effect. Which, funny, this episode is called Driver Ed, which can in a way kind of have a double meaning because driver ed, Ricky wants to learn to drive, driver ed, his grandfather was the, he refers to himself as the fastest human on earth. So Ricky sits down, he's like, wow, I sure wish I could drive. And Grandfather's like, you will be patient. Telling a preteen to be patient about one of the biggest things he'll be able to do as a teenager. So Grandfather Stratton even says, you know, when Ricky says, well, it's not illegal to drive on your own property... I think it is when you're 12. I don't think that the police are going to be too happy. Not that the police are making, you know, visits out to the Stratton mansion that's, you know, an estate with a lot of land and everything. Um, I think kids that are, like, 
farming and stuff, there is a special license that they can get to drive around. And let me just say, I was a bit jealous that my cousins, when they were like 12, 13, got to drive the trucks around because they were working on the farm. So me and my cousin, when I took driver's ed, my cousin, who's like five months younger than me, of course got a better score when it came to driving around because he'd been driving for at least maybe two or three years at that point. Whereas with me, they're like, you really have a lot to work on. They almost weren't going to give me a permit, but my grandma, bless her soul, bless, well, bless her heart because she's still alive, um, talked to the instructor and just said, we will work with her just give her her permit and we will work with her and everything. Because, I mean, talk about embarrassing. If I didn't get my permit and my cousin did, that's embarrassing. It really, really is. So Ricky, he's got one in the chamber here as he says, you know, I want to be able to tell my children that I learned how to drive from Lightning Bolt Stratton. And that's like, oh, Grandfather Caves. It's like Ricky knew what strings to pull to be able to get his grandfather to turn that no into a yes. Flattery apparently works with Grandfather Stratton if you are his grandson. Oh, and this is kind of funny. Uh, after Grandfather agrees to it and he tells... Ricky, you hit the starter, and I will crank it up. This is, of course, in reference to the cars when they first were rolled out and stuff. You know, the kind that you had to have, like, a push-button starter, and the kind you had to, like, stand in front of it and kind of crank it to get the motor going or something. And Ricky just kind of stops and turns and stares at his grandfather, like, when was the last time you'd driven a car? And I gotta wonder myself... When was the last time Grandfather Stratton was behind the wheel? Because he's got a chauffeur to drive him all over the place. Not to mention um, Edward as well. I mean, they have other vehicles on the property. They can drive themselves somewhere. Um, I remember, is it, it's the second episode, right? Where it's Ricky's first day of uh, junior high and... He sends, Edward sends Ricky to school in a limousine, and of course, later on, Edward's like, dang, should have sent him in, like, the Ferrari or, or the Maserati or something like that. Because Ricky, going to a regular junior high, he didn't want all that special attention. That's why he didn't want to go to private school. And, of course, arriving in a limo, yeah, that's going to put a label on you real quick. Like, this boy's got money. Oh, Ricky looks at his grandfather and says, you're kidding, right? And we cut back to grandfather, who's just nodding his head like, yes, of course I'm kidding, son. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> so grandfather Stratton and Ricky have their, uh, grandfather's got his arm around Ricky's shoulder. Uh, Ricky's got his arm around grandfather's waist as they walk towards the double door, uh, the French doors, and we get, I think this is basically an act break, a commercial break, as the audience applauses end of scene here.
So we come back from commercial, and we hear the doorbell, and someone's knocking on the door. Now, it doesn't sound like Freddy. Derek, did you come back after Grandfather Stratton told you to get lost? Because nobody's there. It's Derek. He's got a card through the seam of the doors being connected. So he, he's breaking into their home. Derek! This is the same day, clearly, because Derek is wearing exactly what he was wearing in the beginning of the episode. Derek, what is wrong with you? Oh, he just forgot his jacket as he goes into the, uh, the library there. That is a large room. Okay, I kind of blew past that. He does ask if anyone's home, and then he says, I forgot my jacket. Okay, good. I was going to say, like, why are you there? Is he really in that desperate need for his jacket? He could just come over another time and get it. I'm sure he's got more than one jacket. I mean, getting your jacket doesn't require you to break into somebody's house, which is what he did. Oh, so he tries the- Derek tries the intercom, and then I'm guessing that Ricky must have an intercom up in his room? So Derek's like, hey, Rick, 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 oh, the volume's down. Here, let me turn it up. But he can also hear what's going on from where that intercom is. As Grandfather Stratton asks Ricky, is your seatbelt tightened? So I'm going to play this clip. let a 12-year-old behind the wheel. Good luck explaining that to your dad. Because Derek was hearing all of this over that intercom as Grandfather Stratton is giving Ricky tips like adjust your mirror, make sure your seatbelt's fastened, put it in reverse, put your foot gently on the accelerator, and then we hear... A Reverse, Richard, reverse! Boom! That wall goes down in the library. Like, oh my gosh. We get a clear view of uh, the set here behind um, all the, the garden and, and the trees and the everything. And I'm like, that is really weird because you know that off to the set past those double doors if you just walk straight, they're gonna go right into the kitchen, right? But this is, like, directly linked, that wall, behind that wall, is the outside. Okay, here's my, here's my theory, okay? Derek overheard that on the intercom, right? And he got out just in time, otherwise he would have been flattened. But my theory is, he might use this info to blackmail Ricky and his grandfather into keeping his mouth shut. Like, you give me money, I'll make sure none of that... How are they going to fix it? Edward and Kate are going to be 
be back tomorrow. Are they going to call a contractor to get in there and fix it? And like, there's not to mention, you don't see any any books or anything. I'm gonna hold on. Let me rewind this. Yeah, I kind of slow moded a little bit as this wall is like coming down and crumbling. You got some books and some stuff there. Yeah, of course that wall was temporarily there for just this scene. They could have been killed, or at least injured. Oh my gosh, your grandfather is an old man. Ricky, what are you doing? And you, you could, be, you could have been killed. So Ricky steps out of the vehicle, and he's just looking like, I am in it now. I am so in it now. As Grandfather Stratton gets out of the passenger side, and he's got this big old frowny grump face. But that's his resting face. That's just, that's just grandfather. Derek, of course, is peeping around the door that leads from the living room into the library, the study. And I bet, I'm getting a feeling he is going to blackmail them. What do you guys think? I kind of think he will, because that's just Derek. He broke in to their house with a card, a credit card or something of that sort, just to get his jacket. But then again, this is Derek, so would we expect any less from him? I don't think so. <laughs> Richard? Are you alright? Yeah. Are you, are you okay? I'm fine, I'm fine. Hey, guys. I'm sorry, Grandfather. I thought it was in reverse. I, I really did, honest. Well, let's put it this way. Yeah? You weren't. <laughs> Is this we're gonna be dead meat. Yeah, not dead meat. By the time your father gets back, that Mercedes will be back in the garage as good as new, and that wall will be a wall again. Hey, hand me that duck. Who are you following? The automobile club. So, Grandfather and Ricky are kind of surveying the damage here, and at, um, Grandfather asks, are you okay? And Ricky's like, yeah, but when Dad comes home and sees this, we're both dead meat. Of course, Derek has to announce his presence because there are, Ricky and his grandfather are talking. They don't even see Derek, which is understandable. It's like this big thing just happened. But Derek makes his presence known. Like, hey guys, going my way as he thumbs and then uproariously he laughs his head off like it's the biggest joke and then he takes off and grandfather looks like he's trying to almost go after Derek but it's like you have all this debris so it's like you are like trying to be very careful where you step like there's all this stuff you can't chase after this 12 year old boy who's 
even Ricky really didn't even acknowledge the fact that Derek was there. Not like, well, I mean, he looked and, and saw him and probably thought to himself, like, oh, crap. This could be a problem because Derek saw what happened. He could hold this over us. Um, grandfather jumps into action, like, don't worry about it. Before your dad gets home, the Mercedes is going to be back in the garage. The wall is going to be a wall again. I'm going to call the the auto club. Everything is going to be fine, Richard. 1211 Pierce Avenue. So that is where the Stratton Mansion resides. Because Grandfather is calling a tow truck to get the Mercedes. They're not getting that vehicle out themselves. Oh, no. He tells him the car is in the library. And he says, because I like it that way. My guess is the guy on the uh, other end is like, how did it get there? Or why? <laughs> Chuck, we were in a little trouble there. But we dealt with it calmly. And now we're home free. Ricky, father! Shit! Oh, oh, oh. Also, we're dead meat. Uh no! <laughs> Are they back early? What half? Why? Because you hear Edward's voice, Ricky, father. It don't. So does he know? Did Derek like? Oh, by the way, um, you have a new garage in your. I hope you like your new garage in your library. Did they interact before Derek got out of there? I'm kind of curious. Oh boy. Oh man. Yeah, as Grandfather said, well, we're dead meat. Yeah, I, I'd say this is definitely the perfect time to panic. Because, yeah. Ah! They must be back early. This is the same day. What happened? This isn't the next day. Eric was still wearing the same shirt he wore when Grandfather kicked him out. What happened? I love Ricky and his grandfather. <laughs> Peeking their heads outside the library door. Oh boy. So Edward's paying, I'm guessing, the cab driver, and he says, What a disaster. And of course, at this time, Grandfather and Ricky are already out of the library. They've closed the doors to hide the evidence of. And Ricky, as soon as Edward says disaster, Ricky's like, Huh, what? It's like, buddy, he's not talking about you. He's talking about. How their limo broke down. Jenkins, the limo driver, went to call, like, a tow truck or somebody. And I guess uh, Edward and Kate were able to get a cab. Only to find out that they closed O'Hare Airport due to the snow. See, this is back before the internet. So, um, you basically wouldn't have any idea what is going on with, with the weather and, uh, another city. As Edward says, I got a feeling this just isn't my day. So he is not in the mood to deal. He's had a day and he is not in the mood for any more surprises. So I'm going to play this clip. What a disaster. <laughs> First the limo broke down. Jenkins went to find a gas station and we grabbed a cab. We got four blocks <laughs> We heard on the radio there was snowing in Chicago and they've closed O'Hare Airport. So we turned around and drove back just in time to see three men leaving the limo with its tires. <laughs> we got 
got a feeling this just isn't my day. <laughs> now, we're home now. Thank goodness everything's back to normal. <laughs> Honey, you need to relax. Why don't you go listen to some nice, soothing music? That's a good idea. No! <laughs> Or somebody took off with the tires to the limo. Um, Kate says, honey, you've had a long day. Why don't you go listen to some music, unwind. Of course, you know, listening to music requires going into the library to do so. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. I think I might do that. And Grandfather and Ricky are like, no, no. They put their hands up like, no, you... you just no. <laughs> oh, you like music, Grandfather Stratton says. Well, how about um, you pick a song and Richard he and I will hum it for you. Do you like Beethoven? <laughs> Grandfather starts to hum a few bars. Um, Edward is just looking at them kind of suspiciously like, yeah, something's up. This he pulls Kate aside and is like, Kate, I think something fishy is going on. And she's like, you think? They turn back around and we see Grandfather is leaning against the door with his arm outstretched upward. Ricky's got his arm stretched out, his elbow leaning against the door frame. Like, ah, just uh, stretching, just stretching. Yep. Like, okay. You guys are gonna... <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to uh, give up the ghost eventually. And just... Unless you just want to, like, let him walk in there and see the disaster. Which, either way, it, he's gonna see it. Guys, let's talk. 
Okay, but but before we do, I, I want you to know something, Dad. I love you. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> so Edward kind of moves his hands like, all right, you two, out of the way. He and Kate walk into the library. The door is closed. We don't get their reaction of what they see. All you hear is Edward going, oh, and then the door opens. Edward comes out. Kate comes out. Edward is furious. He, ooh, Kate does a good thing. By, like, you know what? Anyone hung? I'm going to go into the kitchen and make a salsa. Hello, goodbye. And Edward starts like, oh, guys. Uh, yeah, he's going to lay down the hammer. <laughs> Ricky's like, Dad, before you say anything, I love you. <laughs> he grabs Edward, wraps his arms around his waist, and Grandfather Stratton goes like, me too, and he wraps his arms around Edward's neck, and Edward is just like a statue, like, I get what you guys are trying to do, it's not gonna work. So Edward breaks away from the, the hog and says, thank you for that spontaneous uh, burst of warmth, as he kind of pushes, lightly, like, pushes, puts his hands out, like, pushes them off of him, backs away. Kind of crooks his finger like, follow me, follow me in here. So Edward demands an explanation, like, how did this happen? I just thought of that, exactly. Um, how are you going to explain that to your insurance company? Like, oh, my father let my 12-year-old son, who of course does not have a license, get behind the wheel of a car and crash into the side of our house. No insurance company's going to cover that. They might if you turn it around and say, well, uh, my father, who's like 80 plus years old, well, he uh, had a little uh, memory lapse and thought the side of the house was the road and got confused between the brake and the accelerator. And, well, you know, that might, that might hold up. That might hold up. So Ricky's like, uh, and he's kind of like looking back at Grandfather, and Grandpa, I think, is going to do Ricky a solid here and kind of cover for him, I bet. I bet he will. He says, you won't believe this, but we were trying to find a shortcut to the living room. <laughs> uh, nice try. Nice try, Father. <laughs> oh, Grandfather's laughing, and so is Ricky. Uh, Edward is not. Remember that episode, um, yeah, it was season one, episode 22, The X-Team, where Ricky is trying to explain about how he got that key to turn um, the X-rated channels on? And he's like, you won't believe this, Dad, but we... And they're both laughing about it. Whereas here, I'm like, this isn't that type of time where it's like Grandfather and Ricky are both laughing at the situation. You expect Edward to join in like he has in, like, a couple other episodes. No. No, no. He is stone cold serious here. Okay, Edward 
it was like, Father, why did you try to drive? For the last 25 years, you'd ha you've had a chauffeur, which I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, you've had someone drive you places. Why would you feel the urge or need to get behind the wheel? So I'm going to play this clip. Because Ricky, I mean, Edward is not believing this. I kind of wonder if Ricky is going to come clean. Well, it wasn't Grandfather, it was me. <laughs> How did this happen? Uh... <laughs> you won't believe this. <laughs> we were trying to find a shortcut the living room. <laughs> Father, why did you try to drive? For the last 25 years, you've had a chauffeur. Yeah, but I've been watching him very carefully. <laughs> This catastrophe would not have occurred if that wall had been thicker. <laughs> Grandfather, I can't wait to take the rap for this. Guess he wasn't driving the car. I was. You did this? says yes but I've been watching him very carefully the chauffeur and in my estimation this wouldn't have happened if you had a thicker wall well wait oh it's always with the blaming the other thing it wasn't me it was the wall if it had been thicker this wouldn't have happened the car would have just like not even went through it really is the house not made of bricks maybe it should have been made of bricks not that you can't drive a car through bricks, but maybe there might be a little resistance. That wall looked like it was made of paper mache. <laughs> so, Edward is ready to go on the warpath. His, I noticed his fist was clenching and unclenching. And his eyebrows are furrowed. And Ricky puts a hand up to his dad like, Dad, please. Grandfather, you can't protect me anymore. Thank you for trying. Dad, it was me. I was the one who was behind the wheel. And, uh, Grandfather's like, well, and I helped him. Like, ugh. I'm surprised that Edward doesn't, I mean, he might. Maybe he might say, well, Ricky, because, um, you were so 
ready to get behind the wheel at such a young age, instead of getting your license when you're 16, you're going to have to wait till you're 18 or so. We, we don't know. We haven't finished this episode, so maybe that might occur. I mean, I was wrong about the whole Derek blackmailing them thing. I got to kind of wonder about, do airports close down? I swear there was one that closed down. Um, Grand Rapids, uh, Ford Airport, I thought they closed down, like, for a day back in February when that weather was, like, so, so bad, like, towards the end of February. They might have closed for a day, or maybe they just shut down operations or something like that. And the thing is, there's no, really was no way for Edward and Kate to, like, let's call the airport, be... Well, may well no, because they'd be flying out of probably what the JFK Airport or LaGuardia or whatever New. I mean, they're in New York, right? Wait a minute, no. Well, hold on. They were on the road to the airport, and they found out then that the airport that they were going to be flying to was closed down. So, all right. I just solved my own riddle. I just solved, answered my own question. So Edward says, Rick, can you leave us? I want to speak to your grandfather privately. And Ricky <coughs> pulls grandfather aside and says, hey, there's a look that usually works with my dad. Here, let me show it to you. As he sticks out his bottom lip. And grandfather's like, Rick, Richard, that will not work. That won't work with me. But I think he's going to try it. As soon as like, Ricky leaves the room, Grandfather's going to whip out the bottom lip, stiff bottom lip, sticking out. I'm an old feeble man, son. Don't condemn me. <laughs> so, yeah, when Ricky uh, eventually confesses, Edward is surprised and shocked. Like, you did this? And then, of course, that's when um, Grandfather says, with my help, like, well, yeah, that explains it. So Ricky leaves and closes the door, and Edward goes over to his father. He's like, well, father. And at first it's like, he was like blowing um, out his cheeks. And then lifts his head up. This is, oh, I love the, I just really, the little bow tie. Oh. <laughs>
worst of all, it was dangerous to let that boy drive that car. That's right. <laughs> Second of all... I should have checked with you first. That's right. And third, and most important of all... I've always said that you were too lenient with Richard. Now suddenly I turn around and I'm unforgivably overindulgent. That's right. I have no excuse. Go ahead. You've got a right to be angry with me. You're the boom. so rough on you. <laughs> My gosh, you had it coming. Father. Yes? There's something I don't understand. It was very nice of you to decide to try to teach Ricky to drive. But when I was his age, I asked you to teach me, and you said, no, no, you'll have to wait until you reach the legal age limit. And then when I did, you hired somebody to teach me to drive. Sure, it was A.J. Foyt. I sure would have preferred you. Father, why will you do for Rick what you wouldn't do for me? Edward, let me explain something. All the time you were growing up, I was afraid of spoiling you. Now that I'm Richard's grandfather, I would give him everything I have. You see, fathers have to say no. Grandfathers get to say yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember when Grandpa Eddie would come to our house to have dinner. And as usual, you'd say to me, there will be no dessert <laughs> until you eat your vegetables. And then when you weren't looking, Grandpa Eddie would eat my Brussels sprouts for me. <laughs> In spite of all my best efforts, I am mellowing. We should spend more time together. We should hang out. <laughs> I'd like that. Why don't we start by having dinner together? And when Richard's not looking, I'll eat your Brussels sprouts. <laughs> So yeah, let's kind of go back to when Grandfather gives Edward the look, and he says, no, don't, Dad, that's not going to work on me. <laughs> that look won't work on me. So Edward starts kind of going in with the, the three, like, first of all, second of all, third and most importantly, and every time he raises a finger to say something, his dad takes the words right out of his mouth on what he was going to say. But before he gets to those three important points, Edward relishes in this. I mean, think about it. When you're a kid, your parent is telling you what to do and everything like that when you get in trouble. But then when your parent gets to be a senior citizen agent, it's almost like you feel the roles have been reversed. And you get, you know, your parent is like getting into trouble and you feel like you have to lay down the boom as... 
Edward so puts it. He's like, now I'm... You're the... Boom... How does he say it? I'm the boomer and you're the boom E. Okay. Edward just kind of likes that the tables have turned. Like, now it's like roles have been reversed. I love how Edward rubs his hands together like, oh, this is gonna be so sweet. <laughs> And he sticks out his fingers first of all. Grandfather says it was dangerous to let that boy drive that car. And second of all, and Grandfather says, I should have checked with you first. And each time Grandfather does this, or Edward's father does this, Edward just looks at his fingers like, I'm supposed to be the one saying these words. Not you. And third of all, uh... Edward's father says, I've always said that you're too lenient with Richard, and what happens, I turn around and I am overindulgent. So, his dad is like, you have every right to be angry with me, lower the boom. And Edward's just looking at his three fingers and looks back at his dad like, you said everything. It's like, those were the what I was going to say. And... <laughs> So the one thing that kind of does bug um, Edward, we kind of get a throwback to him growing up. He seems to relate a lot of how differently his father treats Ricky than how he was, Edward was treated as a child. Like, you're so different with him. You know, when I told you that I wanted to drive... You said I had to wait till the legal age. And then, when I was of age, you hired some person to teach me to drive. But I'd rather it had been you. And Edward brings up a, a moment about with his grandfather how his dad would say, you have to eat your vegetables before you get dessert. And when Edward's dad was not looking... Edward's grandfather would eat his Brussels sprouts. Aw, that's so sweet. So I like um, Edward's father's explanation of how when he was raising Edward, how I was afraid of spoiling you, you know, because they came of money and everything like that. You know how sometimes money, when you have, probably have a lot of it and kids grow up with the money, they feel like they can either do no wrong or everything they want they'll get and how it's a father's job to say no but as a grandfather they can say yes and I love how he says as a grandfather I would give Richard everything and as you see it's a father's job to say no but a grandfather can say yes as true as that is Interesting how many arguments between adult children and their own parents are like, that's what leads to arguments, fights, people not speaking to each other, because parents will say no. Grandparents will step over that line, cross that line and say, well, your mom or dad said no, but I'm going to let you do it anyway. And then they get into the whole... When I was that age, you wouldn't let me do that. I'm raising my children. Ask me first if you think, if you want to do something. But don't cross that line and just go over my head and make a decision. If I say no, that does mean no. 
Kev does a good impression of uh, his dad. That's pretty cool. Um, I love how his father's like, we should spend more time together. And I love how he says, hang out. And they hug. And it's really sweet. I love that. We have come a little bit of a ways. A little bit of a ways from where we were in season one with Ricky trying to get his father and grandfather to talk. I know I saw a little bit of, I think it's Ricky's birthday, his 13th birthday, and his parent, his dad and grandfather, and his grandfather are arguing, which, so it must kind of go bounce back and forth, like they're good a little bit. It's a long, long road of mending a relationship that was kind of a little broken to begin with. You know, they're, they're taking baby steps to kind of mend things and get, you know, get closer. I still say that they should have made a call to his dad when Edward was in the hospital. He wasn't there. Okay, so it seems like sometimes they do do a little end scene after the credits come up. I mean, they did that a lot in season one. It was a regular thing. It seems off and on here in season two that they do it. Like, they may not always do it unless it's, you know, necessary. Or maybe they're running a little short with the episode. Let's, like, put on a little extra, like, five-second clip or something towards the end. Now, before we get to this end scene here, because it looks like they do have uh, the wall repaired at this point. Um, I <laughs> did this twice with two different cars. Um, to the I was pulling out of the garage that at the time was um, attached to the house. And um, I was backing out and... I didn't have the car evenly, like, I ended up hitting the right side of the garage as I was backing out. And then with another vehicle, these were my dad's cars, by the way. Um, wait, no, the first one, I think I, my dad had given me that car to drive as my first car. The Lumina, um... My dad built this new garage, and I was backing. I had trouble with the backing out. I ended up hitting the side of the garage, of his new garage, backing out. On the right-hand side. On the right-hand side. Now, the garage to the house it was just a one-vehicle garage, whereas the new one, you could fit two vehicles in. But... Both times, my dad was very furious with me. But I'm going to play this end clip here. Where are Ricky and my father? I think they're outside, admiring <clears throat> the repair job in your Mercedes. I'll check. Richard, this car looks as good as new. Yeah. Let's celebrate by going to get hot for the sunday. Excellent idea. However, this time...
<laughs> oh, come on. Oh, my God. It looks like the car's been fixed, the wall's been redone, looks great. Edward is sitting at his desk saying, hey, where's uh, my dad and Rick? And Kate was like, well, I think they're out admiring uh, the Mercedes, you know, um, the repair job. So she goes over to the intercom and you can hear what they're saying about, oh, this is really a nice job they did on this and the wall and everything like that. And they want to celebrate by going out for ice cream. And Grandfather's like, well, this time I'll drive. And Ricky's like, well, I learned my lesson definitely. And Edward jumps up, runs over to the intercom. He's like, guys, guys, hey, guys. No, you, they can't hear you over the the humming of the engine. So, of course, what happens? They go through the wall again, and they both step out. And <laughs> Grandfather says the same thing Ricky said. I thought it was in reverse. You weren't. <laughs> it's Ricky says, like... Yeah, you weren't. Like, oh my. Because Edward grabs Kate. Is like, oh no, this is happening again. Pulls her off to the side by the door. So it's like, you don't get run over. Like, good grief. I really don't think insurance is going to cover that this time. I really, well, <laughs> the same wall? Like, within, a, how long do you think it took to repair that wall? Like, a week or so? Maybe? Not to mention they had to have the car fixed, but then they got to go have it fixed again, and the wall rebuilt again. Thank goodness they got money for that. Uh, the credits come up, we see special guest star John Houseman as Grandfather Stratton. And it says guest appearance by Jason Bateman as Derek Taylor. Alright, everyone, that is the episode. I'm going to give this one... Hmm... I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a four out of five. The only thing I didn't care for was Derek breaking into their house that with that car just to get his jacket. Like just wait, man. Just call over, say, hey, I forgot my jacket. Do you mind if I come over? Don't break into their house. None of them are even the wiser when it comes to the fact that he did that. They don't know that he did that. Like, we locked the door. How did you get in here? <laughs> None of the, well, they got bigger. Edward, uh, Rick and his grandfather got bigger problems <laughs> with that wall and that Mercedes. Um, that was the only thing I didn't really care. Uh, like that Derek did that with it. But then again, it's Derek. We don't expect any less of him than that. Um, the four things I liked. I liked ricky doing the sad face with grandfather like hey this look always usually gets me out of anything and grandfather does the look and it's cute um i like that edward and his father just kind of go over things and ha um with you know edward turning the tables like hey now i'm gonna lower the boom on you 
And he, you know, each time he raises a finger, his father, like, says the exact thing that Edward's, Edward was going to say. And I like how it kind of goes back to the fact that you treat, you treated me differently than you treat my son. Like, you're doing for my son what you wouldn't do for me as a child. So I thought, um, it kind of harkens back to that. I gotta kind of wonder, do you think maybe there's a smidge of, maybe not jealousy, but maybe a smidge of enviousness that Ricky is getting the attention that Edward couldn't get from his father, maybe? Maybe that's, because he, this is not the first time that Edward has brought that up, where you treat him, you let him do things that you wouldn't let me do, or... You never took me to a baseball game, but you'll take my son to a baseball game. It's like, I think, Edward, at this point, you gotta just let that go and just focus on the here and the now. Like, you have this time with your dad. You don't know how much time that he has. Maybe he's got another, like, 15 years left and stuff. But just don't rely so much on what wasn't done for you or to you in the past and focus on the right now. Uh, I also liked, I liked Grandfather Stratton calling Derek out on his crap. Like, you are as see-through as saran wrap. <laughs> like, he was not buying into any of that. I don't even think Edward is fooled anymore at this point. The fact that he saw Derek kiss Kate's hand look, and, and is just saying the stuff about how when you arrive in the Windy City, it'll be breathless. And the way he looks at Derek like, I see you and I don't like what I see. Like, you're really stretching the limits here, young man, on what I will allow. And putting your lips on my girlfriend's hand is unacceptable. Don't do, don't do it. Like, I see you, Derek. You don't think so. I see you, and I will be watching you, young man. Um, as far as the silver spoonful, teens, look, guys, I get it, alright? Pre-teens. We all want to drive. That's probably one of the biggest things you look forward to as a preteen or even a kid. Like, I don't want to be show, especially, like, when you're 11, 12. You're probably counting down the years, days even, to learn how to drive. Because then you don't gotta be chauffeured by your parents. You get that independence, that freedom. You can go and do what you... Although now there are restrictions on how many people you can have in your car when you're driving, which, good. Because the more kids you have, the more distracted you are, the more chances for an accident to occur. So, guys, it sucks. Just be patient. Just wait. Don't rush your life away just because you want to get a license and you want that freedom. And think about it. I mean, that's up to the discretion of the parents. Like, they might let you take your driving, what have you, at a certain age. But that doesn't mean they're going to let you get your license right away. It's kind of up to the discretion of the parents. When I went in to get my um, my license, the lady didn't mention... She wasn't even looking at me when she said... She was looking right at my dad and said, If you feel that she isn't uh, 
if she like starts breaking rules, like staying out after a certain type, like you know how teens when they're first drivers, they have curfews and stuff like that. She says if you don't feel like she is doing uh what she's if she's breaking the rules and stuff, you can come in here and you can knock her down to like I think it's a level one. License where she will have to have a driver with her at all times. She wasn't even, the lady wasn't even looking at me. It's like, I know you. You're just like every other teenager that comes in here with their parent. And I won't hesitate to let your parent know that they can take away your keys. I did have my keys taken from me because I was just driving all over the place. And my dad even said, it's like, you got your license and you think you can just go, 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 go all the time. It's like, and even at a point I didn't, I had been working and I didn't have a job anymore. And he's like, well, you don't have a job. You don't have a car. And I spent the better part of my senior year of high school riding the bus. I did lose my driving privileges to school um, because I was skipping <laughs> and stuff like that. So, yeah. Lesson learned, kids. Don't skip school. I think it's even harder to skip school nowadays than it... I mean, it's got to be near impossible to skip school. Your parents don't... would No, no. They would know, like, right away. Alright, let's talk about uh, the next episode that's coming up. Season 2, Episode 7, entitled Menudo Madness. We get a guest uh, appearance by the band Menudo. Now, I believe this is before Ricky Martin was in the, in the band. So, to impress a girl and get her to attend his party, Ricky promises her that the group, the music group Menudo, will be there, leaving only the small detail of getting them to show up. Wow. Well, good luck there, Rick. Um, we get that girl Leslie again. Oh, good golly. Um, who else? Uh, Ricky Melendez of Menudo. Um, Charlie, I can't pronounce, he's also in Menudo. Ray is in Menudo. Johnny's in Menudo. Uh, JT makes an appearance. We get Miguel of Menudo. Menudo. Um... And Menudo. Menudo. God, I can't. So Derek's not in this upcoming episode, but JT is. That'll be interesting. We haven't seen JT since uh, season one, episode 22. Um, I'm kind of looking at the episodes here, and I'm going to give this a shot. I really, really am. Um, I want to try to start do after um, the month of March. I think I'm going to do my best to start doing two a week. And this is going to possibly go through, well, definitely April. I might, if I get too uh, bogged down with other things, um, I might go back to one a week. But I think I might even double up in May. And then that way we can start season three in June, and then we can just go back, I can just go back to, like, one a week and stuff. I really kind of want to get through season two, and then I think the majority of the year will probably be focused on season three, and then we'll do season four and five in 2020. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to, like, zip through the show. That's not what this is about. It's just... 
Like, I'll give it a shot. If it gets to be too much, I might just go back to uh, one a week. But um, I'm going to shoot for that. So you guys might be getting uh, two episodes of Silver Spoons a week. What is it? Oh, right. That's something else. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I had a fun time. And uh, look forward to Menudo. Maybe I should bone up on some of their songs. I don't really know many of their songs. Uh, maybe one might be familiar, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. So everyone have a great Tuesday, and I'll be back on the weekend, probably Sunday, for Menudo Madness. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>